Russia's invasion of Ukraine has contributed to what may be one of the most significant economic shocks of the 21st century. The cost of food and energy has risen dramatically, of course, fueling a global inflation crisis. But despite that wave after wave of international sanctions designed to isolate Russia, the Russian economy has proved to be surprisingly resilient, for now at least. RN Breakfast, Tim Skelton joins me in the studio. Good morning, Tim. And Russia's economy was expected to contract by as much as 12% last year, but GDP only fell by 2.1%. What happened? Well, good morning. And and that's right, PK. I mean, the Russian economy has for now held up much better than everyone expected. And that is, according to experts, um, down to planning. In the years leading up to the war, Russia ran a tight monetary policy, built up large cash reserves. So, you know, the initial round of mainly financial and trade sanctions froze about half of Russia's 640 billion US in central bank reserves, but that still left hundreds of billions of dollars in reserves, which Russia Russia is now drawing down on. These were tough sanctions too. It's worth remembering Russian banks were shut out of the SWIFT international financial messaging system. That's crucial for banks to operate globally. And that's an action that that many, um, including President Putin, didn't seem to think the international community was prepared to take. Um, Now, the other thing that President Putin did was start an energy war with Europe. He restricted supplies, energy prices went up, and so did the revenue Russia raked in from those sales. And of course, these sanctions have not been universally adopted. India is still buying Russian oil, so is China. Russia is also expanding its its economic influence in Africa. I spoke to Timothy Ash. He's a senior sovereign strategist at Blue Bay Asset Management and an associate fellow at Chatham House. He says the timing of this invasion was carefully planned. One of the reasons Putin went in when he did was he he thought he was looking at the carbon transition, the energy transition. And he was thinking, you know, over the medium term, the West's actually going to get away from carbon. So my leverage is now. Um, and he thought he'd have a lot more power than he has. I mean, it, you know, we, we were all expecting a energy rationing uh, this winter in Europe. And, and actually what's happened is prices have increased. Consumption's collapsed, you know, 25, 30 percent drop in demand in Germany, Central Europe for, for gas. Um, I think we're through this winter and I think he's lost that card. I mean, Europe have now realised that Russia is not a reliable supplier of energy. We cannot rely on Russia. We have to absolutely diversify. So it's cutting Russia out of energy and commodity supply chains. Now, you know, that, that as you said, that means that he has to sell his product elsewhere. On gas, it's difficult because gas, you need pipelines or you need technology to, to, to liquefy gas to put it in a boat. Uh, that technology generally is not available. Uh, so he's, he's lost the gas market, which is about 50 billion euros a year. He can divert uh, oil, obviously, to other markets. But what's been interesting is that, uh, you know, there's this new oil price cap imposed by the West. And and I think the array of sanctions around Russia has resulted in a massive discount that consumers of Russian oil are demanding to take it. So Brent, which is the benchmark European oil price, is about $80 a barrel. Those other consumers, the Chinese, the Indians, etc., who are willing to take Russian oil, are demanding a price below $50 a barrel. Uh, and that now is really hurting Russia, I think. You you started with the question about the durability of the Russian economy and obviously high oil prices initially after the invasion helped. We're now seeing the opposite. We're seeing lower oil prices and energy prices, and that is impacting budget revenues and it's impacting trade receipts for Russia. 
That's Timothy Ash. He's a senior sovereign strategist at Blue Bay Asset Management and an associate fellow at Chatham House. So, Tim, sanctions are starting to bite. What's the outlook for Russia? Well, PK, the International Monetary Fund is forecasting a 3 to 4% contraction in the Russian economy this year. Foreign direct investment has dried up. More than 1,000 multinational companies that had been operating there have either pulled out or ceased their activities. There are also very specific restrictions on Western technology exports that will really hold Russia back over time. A recent report mentioned that Russia is making cars without airbags or automatic braking systems because they usually get that technology technology from Europe and they can't access it anymore. And we've also seen the biggest exodus of professionals and academics since the Bolshevik Revolution, along with hundreds of thousands of young men trying to avoid being drafted to fight in Ukraine. And this brain drain will have serious long-term economic consequences. Here's Timothy Ash again. It's going to get harder for Russia. Unlike last year where they were running fiscal surpluses and trade surpluses, this year certainly on the fiscal they run a big deficit. Uh, and also, you know, they've now got this, you know, guns versus butter choice. The Ukrainians have destroyed probably half of Russia's conventional military capability. Putin will want to rebuild that. He started an arms war with the West. NATO is now going up to over 2% of uh, uh, GDP in terms of defence spending. Uh, that means that just to keep just to keep some kind of c- comparative level with NATO, he's going to have to massively increase defence spending. And, it, and also you'll have millions of de- demobilized soldiers coming back. Uh, many families suffered deaths, 100,000 plus Russian soldiers dead, multiples of that injured. They'll, they'll, they'll want uh, pensions. So there's been a big increase in demand for social provision because of the war, big increase in defense spending. Russia will have at a time when uh, their oil and energy receipts will be reducing. So difficult choices for them. And what we know, I mean, in terms of sanctioned regimes, if you think of Venezuela, Iran, Saddam under uh, uh, Iraq under Saddam, you know, uh, sanctions typically don't take regimes out. You know, it's a long haul. Uh, they weaken regimes. But the important thing when it comes to Russia is it will prevent Putin from rebuilding his military capability. And that's Timothy Ash. He's a senior sovereign strategist at Blue Bay Asset Management and an associate fellow at Chatham House. Now, very briefly, PK, here in Australia, it's a big week of economic data. Just a couple of the highlights. Retail trade figures are out tomorrow. December quarter national accounts are out on Wednesday. All of that leading into next week's rates decision by the RBA. The consensus is the only way is up. <laughs> the only way is up. Let's see. Thank you, Tim. And that's RM Breakfast, Tim Skelton. And you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features. Hello again, podcasters. Just wanted to mention, if you're looking for more stories that help explain economics in a way that us non-economists can understand, I recommend The Money. Give it a try. It's easy to find on the ABC Listen app.